Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? I apologize ahead of time if I'm like stumbling and falling down. The CrossFit section understands what Friday and Saturday was all about. Um, so my legs are a little sore. But I'm super excited uh, to be with you guys this morning. Uh, before we dive in, does anybody know what today is? Besides for Sunday? Yes. What else? Bengals fans, where are you? Huh? Is there a game today? Is there a game going to happen today? First time since 1988 or something like that, right? The Bengals have a shot to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, let's, let's, before we jump in today, let's just take a minute while everybody's moving around. I'm like ADD, so I'm like looking at everything going on. Let's just do like a little selfie Sunday deal, upper room style. Don't you guys like do like a little selfie, get out your phones and, and get on Instagram or Facebook uh, for the old people to Facebook, the young people with Instagram or TikTok or whatever that is. Let's just do a little selfie Sunday. Um, I've never preached in a sweatshirt before, so I'm a little insecure right now. Um, I was always taught in preacher school you have to wear a button-up shirt and nice shoes, but I got tennis shoes and a sweatshirt on, so I'm feeling good today. I'm pretty excited. So let's just do a little selfie Sunday. I'll take a selfie with people around you. I'm going to selfie here with some of my friends. Uh, let's post that to Instagram. Uh, and while we're doing that, do a little hashtag who day. Uh, tag Upper Room Ohio, uh, Selfie Sunday, whatever that is. But uh, uh, I'm excited for the game today. I'm super excited for what's going to happen. Um, there's, as, as I've been watching the, the Bengals this year, uh, I found out there's three types of uh, Bengals fans. Um, there's there's the, the diehard Bengals fans, right? We got some down here. The Bengals fans who have been Bengals fans their whole life and they're proud of it, right? No matter if they're terrible or if they're uh, having a good year like this year, they've been Bengals fans all along, right? They've been buying tickets and watching the games. Uh, and then there's the, the closet Bengals fan. This is where I would probably fall in the category. Um, I've grown up a Bengals fan most of my life after my grandpa tried to convert me to a Browns fan. But I've been a Bengals fan kind of, right? But I haven't had much to cheer about. And so when people would ask me, like, who's your NFL team? I always be like, well, I don't really like the NFL. I more prefer college, like the Buckeyes. They're my team, right? Kind of a closet fan. But now the Bengals are winning. I'm like, what up? Who day, right? I'm ready to go buy a hat and uh, celebrate the game. And then you have your bandwagon fans. So we have some, any bandwagon fans in here today? Right? They're all over Facebook. They're all over uh, people who have never rooted for the Bengals in their lives, but they're, they're doing well. This is my son. My son, he's six years old almost. Uh, he picks his team based on who's winning. Right? He's like, hey, Dad, who, who are you rooting for, white or blue? I'm like, white team. Oh, blue team's winning, so I'm rooting for the blue team, right? And the white team starts to win. I'm going to change to the white team. He's a bandwagon. Whoever's winning, that's who he's rooting for. And we have a, band, a lot of bandwagon Bengals fans, but today... It's going to be a great day about 3 o'clock. I don't know. Who else has chicken wings ready for the smoker today? I got, some, I got some chicken wings. Jared's taught me well. I got some chicken wings. I'm ready to smoke some chicken wings this morning. But I'm super excited if you're joining us online, wherever the camera is. We're super glad that you're with us, that you're going to watch this later on. Uh, Pastor Aaron's probably going to watch this later on. I'm going to apologize right up front, Aaron. Um, you see, I was heading in a direction. Aaron asked me to preach a couple weeks ago, like two weeks ago. He said, hey, no, you want to you preach this Sunday? I said, sure, let's do the 30th. And as soon as he asked me, that this word came, unity came to my mind. Unity in the church. Uh, we, we've experienced a lot of disunity in our culture, don't we? We have a lot of uh, a diversity going on. We're ununified. We got people believing this and people believing that. We got people arguing about this and people arguing about that. The church, a big C, we're arguing about everything right now. 
Um, and so he, he said, hey, you want to preach? I said, sure. I told him, I'm going to, hey, preach on 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, and 3 Corinthians, unity in the church. He said, sounds great. I said, I talked to him on Monday, told him that's what I was doing. Um, sorry, Aaron. On Friday, the Lord took us in a little detour, and I found out that there was a prayer team here up a room, and they were praying, and they're the ones that changed it. Like, the Lord changed where we're going today, so we're going to go a different direction, talk about something else, but I, I pray it's, it's going to be good for you. It's been good for me all week. The Lord's been beating me up for the past two days, so I'm super excited. Let's just pray before we jump in today. God, thank you for this opportunity to gather together in your house, unified as the body of Christ. Here we are, God. We, we just sing it. We open up our hearts. We open up our minds. We ask that you come and you move. We're ready to hear from you. God, I have no words to bring transformation, but you do. So God, I pray that I would speak your words. I pray against distractions. Help us to stay focused and tune with you. Help us to be real today. Do what only you can do. We love you. We thank you for your spirit who's here, who's moving, who's in us. Speak to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. I have a question this morning as we get started. What is coffee? Life. Somebody said life, right? What is coffee? Anybody know what coffee? Coffee, besides for the stuff my wife needs to wake up, in the morning, right? You don't want to talk to my wife until she's had bacon or coffee uh, or both. She needs both. Jared, he's works with her. Uh, 10 a.m. She needs bacon and coffee. If she doesn't have that by 10 a.m., she's a whole different person. But what is the coffee, the black liquid that you guys drink? Listen, I had no idea what coffee was five years ago. I thought it was just Maxwell House and Folgers, what my dad brewed. I hated coffee, could not stand coffee. Uh, and the Lord basically transformed my taste buds in five days. And long story short, Christmas 2016, I started drinking coffee every day. Day five, I was hooked. I was at Grounds for Pleasure all the time. I had my first shot of espresso at Grounds for Pleasure, pinky up. Now my wife and I, we own a coffee roasting business. Uh, we import coffee from all over the world. And, and like, it's crazy. But what is coffee besides for that black liquid? Anybody know? It's a bean. Actually, it's not. It's a seed. The coffee beans that we think are beans, they're actually seeds. Here's a little coffee uh, 101 for you real quick so you can win Jeopardy or be uh, smart in front of your friends. Coffee is actually a cherry, and the, the, the things that we think are beans are actually the seeds inside the cherries, right? And, and, and coffee grows on trees. Uh, it takes about three to five years for a coffee tree to produce a, a, a harvestable crop. There's about two of those seeds inside each cherry. Uh, the, the, the cherries, uh, each coffee tree on average will produce about two pounds of coffee beans or seeds. Um, when the coffee is grown, it does, uh, most coffee cherries turn red when, when they're ripe and harvested. They're, they're, after they're harvested and ripe, they'll be picked off the trees. Uh, you have to get those seeds out of the cherries somehow. And so there's a different process where you can get those, those, those uh, seeds out. They have to be dried and all kinds of different things take place. They have to be packed and, 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 and sorted and stored. And then they ship them over on, on, on different uh, containers. And they have to be roasted. Uh, and they have to be brewed into that nice cup of coffee that we all drink, right? Did you know this? Check this out. On average... 34 different pairs of hands. So if you can do math, that's 68 hands, unless somebody's one-handed, touch coffee from seed to cup. 
30, 4 different people are involved. When you go to wherever you go, Grounds for Pleasure to get your coffee, or if you're a Speedway person, I'm not hating, or McDonald's, that's only a dollar, right? If you go to get that cup, 34 different people are involved in that coffee. It's amazing. Did you know coffee is the second most traded commodity in the world, besides for oil? Coffee affects a lot of different people. It's an amazing thing that we have to have. Uh, it's, it's so great, right? We love it. Maybe asking yourself, why are we talking about coffee today? Because I love coffee. Coffee's cool. It's, it's educational. But I want to talk today about fruit. About fruit. You can see up on the screen here, if we had the slide, the title of the message today is Fruitful from Far, Far from Fruitful. That's a lot of Fs, right? Hold your tongue and say that twice. Fruitful from far, far from fruitful. You see, there's this passage of scripture, and on Friday, I was freezing because it was so cold out. And I was thinking about uh, 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 warmer weather, and I was thinking, how many weeks until Easter, right? And I was like, there's only 11 weeks until Easter. Okay, I can make it till Easter, right? 11 weeks until Easter. And then I was thinking about Easter, and this passage of scripture that's in the Easter story came to mind. And I started thinking about it because several years ago, uh, as I was studying the Easter week, I read this passage, and normally I just, uh, just breezed right over it. And there's this passage of scripture about Jesus cursing a fig tree, and it, it's, it's recorded during the Easter week. It's actually recorded on Monday of the Easter week. And this passage started coming to come into life on my heart on Friday morning as I was preparing to speak on unity in the church. The Lord began to do something in my life. And so I want uh, to just dive into this today and break this scripture down and help us to see some things about fruit and figs in our lives. Does that sound good? So if you have your Bibles, I'd encourage you to turn to uh, Mark. This passage of scripture, Jesus cursing the fig trees found in Mark 11 and also in Matthew 21. We're gonna look at Mark's uh, 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 record or record of this account in Mark chapter 11. We're going to start in verse 12. You see Jesus on Palm Sunday. He comes into Jerusalem and people are, are praising him and putting palm branches down. I was a kid. When I was a kid, I used to wave those palm branches on Palm Sunday, right? And then hit the kid next to me. Uh, but we wave palm branches and we celebrate Jesus, the, the King, our Savior. He's coming into Jerusalem, right? And we're going to celebrate him and then on Friday they're going to kill him. But on Sunday, they're celebrating and they're worshiping Jesus. Hosanna, and they're praising him. And then he goes back to a little town. And then on Monday, when he comes back towards Jerusalem, we get this account of scripture. So here we are. Here's the context. On Monday morning, Jesus does this here. On verse 12. The next morning, as they were leaving Bethany, that's where he stayed the night after Palm Sunday, Jesus was hungry, right? It's breakfast time. He's hungry. He noticed a fig tree in full leaf. That's important. Remember that. A fig tree in full leaf, a little way off. So he went over to see if he could find any figs, right? He wanted some breakfast. But there were only leaves because it was too early in the season for fruit. Then Jesus said to the tree, may no one ever eat your fruit again. And the disciples heard him say it. If you continue reading, Jesus actually curses that fig tree. It withers up from the roots up, and he di it dies. It's done. And when I re read that scripture over and over many times, I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Jesus killed a fig tree, right? He was hungry. But I asked myself a couple years ago, why did Jesus curse this fig tree? Was he really that hungry? 
I mean, I'm sure some of you have probably been to breakfast before and you've been so hungry. They call it hangry, right? And you've, you've cursed, but not at the fig tree, but you've, you've cursed at somebody, your server, your waitress, or your wife or husband, or some of your kids, right? You're hungry. Was Jesus that hungry that he was mad it had no fruit? So he said, fine, no one's ever gonna eat from you again. You're dead, right? I asked myself, why did Jesus curse this fig tree? Well, to, as I started digging into this and researching this, you have to understand context of a fig tree, right? I know a lot about coffee trees, but I didn't know much about fig trees. But as I started looking at fig trees, they're very similar to coffee trees. Check this out. A fig tree, it starts from a seed. It takes about two to six years to produce a harvest, a fruit harvest, right? Each tree will produce about uh, two to three crops per year. Uh, and, and actually in this the, the time frame, this Easter time frame of when this passage in Mark was recorded was a little earlier than the growing season, right? So it really shouldn't have had figs to begin with. So it raises the question even more, like why did Jesus curse this fig tree that it wasn't even time for figs? And if you understand the way a fig tree grows, it's different from a coffee tree. Actually, the fruit begins to grow before the leaves. And the fruit is actually green in color before it ripens. And so the fruit would blend in with the leaves. And so when Jesus in this passage says he sees this fig tree, it was in full leaf. What did he think? Breakfast, right? Like it has leaves that must have figs because the figs, the fruit begins before the leaves. So why did Jesus curse fig tree. We see from a distance, the tree had the appearance to be producing fruit, right? From a distance, from far, it looked fruitful. When Jesus got close and really looked at it and examined, there was no figs. It was like he was denouncing uh, unfruitful Christians, people who profess to be Christians, but there's no evidence of a relationship with Christ. When I read that, man, my world was rocked. I was like, Jesus, what? So today what I wanna do is I wanna unpack this bottom line statement that we have today. And the bottom line statement that, that the Lord's been working in my life, and I hope he, he works in your life, is listen, Jesus is more concerned about your walk than your talk. Listen, he's more concerned about your walk than your talk. You can talk the talk all day long, but can you walk the walk? That's what I wanna unpack today because that's what I think Jesus is showing us in this passage is, listen, many profess to be Christians, but when you really examine down deep in their lives, are they really sold out, surrendered, following Jesus? Many churches today in America, I'm not gonna go there, but just for a second, profess to be Jesus-centered, right? All about Jesus, but when you, when you go and you look at it, they are far from fruitful. We're, they're missing the mark, church. And if we examine our lives, if we're honest, some of us today are gonna see the same thing. You see, there's a study done by the Barna Group several years ago, and they asked several people, uh, would you claim to be a Christian? And, and it was amazing in the study, they said 73% in this study of people surveyed in America claim to be Christian. Hey, are you a Christian? Yeah, I'm a Christian. Are you a Christian? Yeah, you a Christian? No. 73% said, yeah, I'm a Christian. I claim to be, I identify as a Christian, right? 
When they broke this study down and began to ask more questions, check this out. Only 35% of those surveyed, so 73 said, yes, Christian, only 35 have ever been born again Christians. So only 35% have surrendered their lives to Jesus and through Christian baptism by immersion, been, 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 they died to their old life, right? When, when we were baptized, we're dying to our old life. We're raised anew to a new life, right? We miss this sometimes. Not a better version of your old self. Your old self dies and you come up a new creation. You're a brand new person in Christ. You're part of the kingdom of God. 73% said, yeah, I'm a Christian. Only 35 had taken that next step. It gets even better here. Only 23% were Bible-minded Christians that believed that this is the absolute word of God, right? And this book was written because of the greatest event ever to take place, and that's the resurrection of Jesus Christ, right? This whole book is all about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, right? Pointing to the resurrection, telling about life after the resurrection. This book is the lifeline to our Christian walk. Only 23% were engaged in this book. Fruitful from far, but far from fruitful. Then it gets even deeper. Out of that 73% that said, yeah, I'm a Christian, only 7% were evangelical Christians and what that was referring to, that believe that the greatest commission that God gave us is to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, basically saying to live on mission. Only seven out of 73 were on mission, sold out for Jesus, producing fruit for the kingdom of God. That bothered me, church. When I evaluated my life, I said, am I all three of these categories? You see, this passage hit home for me several years ago when I read it and began to understand why Jesus cursed that fig tree is because I was that fig tree for many years. 28, 29, I don't remember, 27. I don't know how old I am right now. Years of my life, right? I grew up in the church. I was one of those quizzing kids. Like I was getting all the answers right to win the trophies. I was a youth group kid, went to the youth group. Whenever my mom could get rid of me, she would send me to church, right? Uh, I was a church boy. All I knew was church. Whenever the pastor would pray, hey, heaven or hell, boy, I was coming forward for heaven. I didn't want hell, right? I, I wanted that. I, wanted re- I was recommitting my life every time there was an opportunity because I knew how I was living. It wasn't fruitful. Right? But I grew up that way. People would say, oh yeah, Noah, he's a Christian. He might have prayed a prayer. He was a quizzing guy. I don't remember if I was baptized when I was younger or not. We don't really know. My mom can't remember. I can't either. So I got rebaptized several years ago to just to make up for it in case I didn't. Right? But there was many years of my life where that was me. Right? My wife and I, here goes something funny. We got married and people were like, oh yeah, they're, they're a great Christian couple. We did communion at our wedding. It was beautiful. I held my bowl for my family. She held her bowl for her family at the Christian wedding. Did all the Christian counseling before the wedding. We lied to the pastor the whole time. <laughs> we lied to the pastor that married us, right? After like we did all the, the, the reception stuff, all the cake and that deal, man, we had a party. We're still repenting for some of the music that my wife played. Like, I'm not kidding. She had a bottle of champagne the whole night. Like, I carried her into the hotel. I'm sorry, honey. I carried her into the hotel room, not because I was being romantic. Like, we had a party, right? 
We had a Christian wedding, but we were far from fruitful. We were talking the talk, we were not walking the walk. And so this passage of scripture of Jesus cursing the fig tree, it hits down deep into my life. And until I surrendered my life to Jesus and went all in with him, I was nothing but more than a fig tree, right? Fruitful from far, far from fruitful. I had the appearance of being a Christian, but I was far from there. Jesus himself puts it like this. In Matthew 7, he's, he's teaching about false teachers. He says this in Matthew 7, verse 16. You can identify them by their fruit, that is, by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit. A bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Church, I don't want to be thrown into the fire. I'll tell you that right now. Verse 20, yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. You see, every living thing begins from a seed, right? Almost every living thing, I Googled that this morning, and I couldn't tell if every living thing came from a seed. Let's not get too technical. Let's just say living, most living things start from a seed, right? You started from a seed. Your mom, your dad, as far as I'm going right there, right? We all started from some, a seed, right? A seed has to be planted for something living to grow. But check this out. If the, if the, the, the best coffee farmer Let's just say Honduras. He goes out and he buys the most expensive coffee seed he can buy. Right, this stuff is top of the line. It, it is it's so valuable, it's so expensive. And all he does is he puts that coffee seed into a barn and stores it. Will it ever produce fruit? It will never, if it's just stored, the best seed ever, most expensive, is just stored into a barn and never planted into the ground. It will never produce a tree and never be able to reproduce more coffee, more seed, will it? But if that coffee farmer takes that expensive seed and says, all right, finally, I put my life savings, I bought all this seed, listen, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna plant this in the soil. They don't have combines and, and, and tractors like we have. They have to walk on the side of these hills and they have to take that seed and they have to plant it into the ground. When he plants that seed, is he guaranteed a harvest? No, he's not, is he? He's planting that seed based on faith. He's having faith that that seed's gonna take root and grow, right? And produce fruit. The same is true in our lives, church. Listen, we can have the best seed there is, right? We can have the best seed. We can know all about Jesus. We can know the information, this book front and back. This book will bring life. This book will bring growth. This, bring, this, this book will bring transformation. But if all we do is know this book, right, it's not going to produce a harvest, is it? We have to take this and then plant it into people's lives. 
Just as the coffee farmer, he, he plants that seed into the ground and he's having faith that, you know what, Lord, you gotta come and do something here. Like I can fertilize this and I can prune this and whatever, but we need sunlight to grow. Only the Lord brings sunlight, right? He spoke that into existence. So there has to be the Lord coming and doing his thing, but the farmer has to do their thing as well to produce fruit. As Christians, as Christ followers, we have to take this book and plant it and allow the Lord to work as well and see the harvest that he can do. Listen, he will build his church. He doesn't need us. He wants to use us to do this thing with him, right? But we just can't come and worship and grow and know this stuff. We can't just come and know when to raise our hands and when to sit down, stand up, give money, when to serve. Many people can do that. But we gotta take this a step further and we have to go and we have to actually do something and be fruitful in our lives. Got a little off check there. I'm not sure where I'm at. God created us to be fruitful, told us to be fruitful and multiply. God created us to do something with what he's given us. He's given us the greatest commandment ever to go and make disciples. The, 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 the greatest commission to go and make disciples. The greatest commandment is to love him and love others, right? Yes. So are we being fruitful? My question for us to ponder this morning is what evidence in your life are you being fruitful? What is the evidence in your life that you are being fruitful or bearing fruit? Your life right now, today, what, what do you say? January 30th, 2022, the day the Bengals played the Chiefs, the day to never forget, right? What is the evidence in your life that you are bearing fruit? You see, the fig tree or showed a lot of promise, didn't it? It had leaves, so it should have had fruit coming from it, but there was no fruit produce none. Jesus is more concerned about our walk than our talk. What I want to do with the time that we have left this morning is I want to share four things that have kept me from being fruitful. Four things that, have, that will keep us from being fruitful. And basically, these are the four things God just hit me in the gut with Friday and yesterday. Four things that, that I've watched as I look back over my life and saw the things the Lord's done in my life Four things that have, have kept me from being a fruitful Christian. Four things that have made me look like I was fruitful. I had the appearance of being fruitful. People would probably say I was fruitful, but I was far from fruitful. So four things, real quick, why we aren't producing fruit. By the way, if you're watching online or if you're looking right now, this is not a Coors Light. Right? <laughs> this is not Coors Light, this is just sparkling water. Uh, I don't actually drink. I don't like, I've had one beer my whole life. It's nasty. But this is not Coors Light, so sorry. I might wear a sweatshirt, but I'm not going to drink and preach at the same time. All right, sorry, we're off track. First thing is busyness. If you're taking notes, write these down. Busyness will keep us from being fruitful. You see, people can, can confuse a lot of times with activity, with productivity. We can be very active, but we can be very far from being productive. When I first got into ministry, I spent several years in the church serving the Lord. And I'll tell you what, I was active. <laughs> I 
I was working 70 hours, 80 hours a week. I was active with all great things, leading this ministry, leading that ministry, doing this thing, doing that thing. Guess what? I looked fruitful from far. My, my relationship with the Lord was lacking. The fruitfulness in my life was lacking because I was so busy, I didn't have time, right? Activity doesn't mean productivity. There's a passage in scripture that helps us see this. There's these two sisters, Mary and Martha. If you ever remember this, this passage of scripture, Mary and Martha were sisters. They were very different. You see, Jesus is coming to their, their house for a meal and Martha, man, she is super busy. She's probably like most moms here today. She wants to make sure everything's just right. right? Like hide all the stuff, throw it in the closet, right? clean this place up, right? Everything has to be perfect. Jesus, imagine if Jesus came to your house. What would you do? Like my wife would freak out. She would start dusting and cleaning and painting and all kinds of stuff, right? And so Martha is super busy preparing the way for Jesus, making the meal, making sure everything's just perfect. And there's nothing wrong with that. But check this out. Mary, all she wanted to do was sit with Jesus. All she wanted to do was just be with him and engage him, right? The king of kings, her savior, he's right in front of her. And her sister, all she's doing is busy, 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 busy with the right heart, but she missed Jesus. And Jesus says, chill out. I'm right here, like don't miss me. But sometimes in our lives, if we're not honest, we could be so busy that we're not producing fruit, we're missing opportunities. We're passing people by because we're going from this to that, to this to that. Some people tell me that there's schedules with kids and sports and stuff, and I'm like, I'm, I didn't sit down just hearing that. Like, I'm tired, right? Super busy can be something that keeps us from producing fruit. Are you too busy doing things for Jesus? that you're not spending time in relationship with him. Keep us from being fruitful. You see, Jake Hamilton, I think he's a friend of the house. I think he's been here before. Aaron's talked about Jake. I started following Jake several years ago. Uh, he had that cool song, the anthem or something. I used to rock out to that song. Um, love following him and his story. About two or three years ago, I can't, losing track of time, he wrote this on his Instagram. He was uh, playing a worship conference somewhere and he began just to play guitar and the spirit was leading. And he wrote these lyrics of a song. It says this. He's not in the thunder. He's not in the lightning. He's not in the earthquake. He's not in the wind. Don't you know? He's in the whisper. Can you hear it? Or are you moving too fast? He's in the whisper. The whisper you just ran past slow down I would sing that and play guitar for you but I'm terrible so I won't do that but then he goes on in his story post and he says this and like it got me still gets me I feel like so many times this is Jake Hamilton speaking I end up frustrated or angry reacting instead of responding mostly because I'm trying to get somewhere other than where I am right now. Always thinking about what happened yesterday or what's coming up tomorrow, it's hard to live in his presence when I can't be present in the present. Whew. Did you hear that? 
It's hard to live in his presence when I can't be present in the presence. I believe that it is ego is the issue. Ego wants to fix the past and figure out the future, never allowing me to enter into the here and now. Jesus has covered my past. He's prepared my future. That's why real faith is required to fully live in today. Enjoy your now. Practice the art of slowing down today. We can stop right there, right? Busyness will keep us from producing fruit. Busyness will keep us from being the Christians that God's called us to be. Busyness will keep the church from being the church that God's called us to be and reaching the people he's called us to reach. We have to be present in the present. Second thing I found in my life that keeps me from being fruitful is worry. Worry. I know I'm worrying when I'm telling people I'm not worrying. I'm not worried about that. I really am worried about that, right? Worry will keep us from producing the fruit that God's called us to, to produce. Worry is really being pulled in different directions, right? Man, I messed up back then. Man, I messed up yesterday. Man, I wish I could have fixed that thing that happened. Man, why did I make that choice? Man, why did that happen? What is coming? How is the Lord gonna work this out? I'm stuck right here in worry right now. I'm telling you, church, this is my life right now. I'm just preaching it to you. The Lord's done all these great things, but what's gonna come? How's this next thing gonna happen? Lord, how are you gonna do this thing that you said you might wanna do? I'm pulled in two different directions. How's this gonna happen, Lord? I'm worrying, I'm starting to stress, starting to be anxious about these things. First Peter 5, 7 says, give some of your worries and cares. Some, somebody got it, right? That was a joke. Give some of your worries. No, give all of your worries and cares to God for he cares about you. Listen, he created you, he made you. You're not a mistake, he loves you intimately. He sent his son to die for you, to give you life. He cares about every little detail of your life. And when we worry, what we're saying really is, God, I don't trust you. Really, God, I don't trust you. I gotta figure this out. This problem's too big for you. This circumstance is too much for you. God, I don't know, man, that thing I did before, I don't know if you've really forgiven me for that. We're saying we don't really trust you, God, really. And it keeps us from producing fruit and it shows that we haven't surrendered, really. We haven't let go completely when we worry about these things in our lives and we become unfruitful. The third thing I think keeps us from producing fruit is riches and pleasure. Riches and pleasure, there's there's nothing wrong with pleasure. Let me just get real clear. God created pleasure. I won't go into that, that's a whole nother sermon, but God created pleasure. It's a good thing in the context of how he created it. But riches and pleasure will keep us off track, will keep us seeking the things of this world, right? The American dream, 
our careers, that job, that promotion, that house, that business, you fill in the blank, that car, that, that thing for your kid. You want your kid to be on that team and this and that and all of these things, these good things, sometimes turn into God things and turn into idols. And they get us so zoned in on the riches and pleasures of this world that we miss out on the kingdom of God, right? He says, seek first the kingdom of God, not seek second or third after your kids, whatever, or after that career, after your job, after your marriage. Seek first the kingdom of God, right? And his righteousness. Listen, it's a, when we say yes to Jesus, if we want to put on the title of Christian, listen, it's not about us anymore. It's about his kingdom coming, right? on earth as it is in heaven. It's his kingdom, not ours, but we get so focused and so zoned in on these things. Get off track, get sidetracked. And sometimes we forget that, listen, God has unlimited resources. We chase after things of this world that people will argue over when we die, <laughs> right? We're gonna fight over and argue when you die and we miss out on the things that are eternal. And that's other people knowing Jesus and coming to heaven and having a party, right? We get so sidetracked on the things of this world, these riches and these pleasures. The fourth thing, it's probably the hardest, especially for those who are Christians who look fruitful from far, but are far from fruitful, is lack of faith. Lack of faith. This is me all over. I'll be honest. I won't cry. I'm not, I'm not a crier. Um, I hope I don't start crying. That'll be really awkward because I don't handle crying well. But lack of faith, right? In this, this, this verse of Jesus cursing the fig tree in Mark 11, he's talking and he's teaching his disciples. He's teaching us today, but he's specifically talking to his disciples. These guys who've been with him for 18 plus months, doing life with him, seeing Jesus perform miracle after miracle, raising dead people to life, healing people, casting out demons, feeding a whole crowd with a Lunchable. Like Jesus has done some, and they've done some stuff too. They've seen the power of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, move and work. And this is who Jesus is talking to when he says these words. Listen, all right? put ourselves in this position. He's talking to these disciples, these men of God. And he says these words, if you continue reading in Mark chapter 11, he says this, on the next morning, so after he curses the fig tree on Monday, it says the next morning, as they passed by the fig tree, Jesus has cursed, the disciples noticed it had withered up from its roots. Well, he said it was going to, right? Oh, wow, Jesus did what you said he was going to do. Peter remembered what Jesus said to the tree on the previous day and exclaimed, look, Rabbi, like he's surprised. Look, Jesus, the fig tree you cursed has withered and died. Well, yeah, he, he said it was going to, right? Verse 22, then Jesus said to his disciples, the men that have seen him do all these things, the men who have done life with Jesus, he says to them, have faith in God. Have faith in God. 
I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen. And have no doubt, zero doubt, no doubt in your heart. Verse 24, I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. Verse 25, we've already talked about it this morning. This is why God's so good. He orchestrated this whole thing. Verse 25, check this out. This is a big but, by the way. And when you see a but in Scripture, it means what happened before that's super important, right? He just said all this stuff. He just did all this stuff. But... Basically saying, if you pray for it, if you believe it, if, you, if I'm your God, like, it will happen, right? But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against. So your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. Right? How many of us have been in a situation where we maybe come to church on Sunday? We've had the appearance of being Christians, right? We've had the appearance of being close to Jesus. We come here and we worship and we raise our hands and we do the thing. We've been reading our Bible. We've been giving our money and we're praying for things to happen. And sometimes things are prayers. The Lord's not working. Things aren't happening and we get discouraged. And we're wondering why is this not happening? But we haven't forgiven that family member who believes different than us. Let's get real for a second. It's going to hurt. It's going to step on some toes. That person who maybe voted differently than you in this last election, that coworker who, who maybe got the vaccine or didn't get the vaccine or wears a mask or doesn't wear the mask, you enter in whatever, right? We'll fight about anything, church, right? And we'll hold grudges. That person who hurt you, that person who did something that you didn't deserve, you're praying for all these things to happen. You're praying for mountains to move. You're, you're praying for healings. You're praying for answers. But we're holding tight to this grudge and we haven't let go of it. We're wondering why things aren't happening. Listen, the Lord wants to do something this morning. He's already been working, right? He's been unlocking some things and bringing some things to the forefront. But listen, he doesn't care about your talk. He cares about your walk. He cares about you being fruitful and getting real. And if we wanna see mountains lifted up and thrown, if we wanna see revival take place, if we wanna see our friends who are far from Jesus meet him and have a transformation. Listen, if we want to see this county uh, come to know Jesus, we gotta let go of some things, I think. I've been holding on to some things that I've had to let go of, right? I need to care more about that person who hurts me, salvation, than I do about getting even with them. I need to let go of some things if I want to see these mountains move, if I want to see some prayers answered, if I want to see some fruit take place, some revival happen, I got to let go and have faith, right? Not just say I have faith. I say it all the time, oh, I got faith, praise God. I know you can heal this person, but if you don't, God, I'll understand. Come on, church. Right? That's me. I'm preaching to myself right now. Our lack of faith. And he's talking to his disciples, right? He's saying, come on, guys. Our lack of faith will keep us from producing fruit. 
I'm gonna have the band come up and begin to play this song underneath of us. I'm just gonna let the Lord begin to work because I think he wants to continue to do something today. I think many of us have been playing Christian for a while, maybe for a long time. Maybe you've been playing Christian. You've, been, you've seen some fruit take place. You've seen some revival. Maybe some things are cold in your spiritual walk. Maybe we, your journey right now is a little cold. You're, you're not seeing the Lord do some things. You don't understand what's going on. I wanna go back and I wanna ask you in your life, how's your schedule? How's your time with him? Are you busy? Are you being so active about good things that you're not engaged in that relationship with him? Are you, are you so worried? <laughs> are you so torn between, Lord, I know you can do it, but Lord, are, are you worrying? Are you chasing the riches and pleasures of the world? Are, are, how, how's your faith? How's your faith? Where are you at? What are you holding on to? Where's your forgiveness? Have you letting go of some things in your life? You see, the thing about all four of these things that keep us from being fruitful, the thing that, that all of these have in common is they're selfishly motivated, right? It's about me. For many years of my life, I lived for Noah's kingdom. <laughs> Noah's kingdom come, Noah's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That, that was my prayer, if I'm honest, right? I would say the Lord's prayer. Yeah, Lord, come and do your thing. Lord, yeah, yeah, yeah. People thought in my life I was fruitful. It was all about Noah. How can, how can my name be made famous? What trophy can I hold, right? All four of these things are selfishly motivated. It's about us. But when we surrender our lives to Jesus, it's no more about our kingdom. Listen, if you hear nothing else I say today, listen, hear this. God is God and you are not. That's hard. God is God and you are not. I am not God. It's not about my agenda. It's not about my will. It's not about what I want. It's about his kingdom. It's about his will. This is his church. He doesn't need us. He wants us to be a part of this. He has unlimited resources. He can do what he wants to do. But church, we gotta get honest. We gotta throw off the stuff. We gotta give forgiveness where it's needed. We need to be challenged and stretched. Because many of us have green leaves, but no fruit. We look like we're producing fruit, but we're not, if we're honest. Our fruits dried up. We need to be pruned off. We need to let some things go. When you prune some things off, when you prune some branches, new fruit can grow. We need to let go of some things so new fruit can grow. See, I, I haven't really said what the fruit is, right? Because fruit looks different. There's hundreds of different types of coffee trees and coffee fruit. Different colors, different shapes, different sizes different smells, different tastes. It all looks different. The body of Christ, we're all different. We're all gonna produce fruit, different types of fruit, right? Some will look different. Well, I'm an introvert, I can't produce fruit. I didn't say what kind of fruit to produce, right? The Lord just wants fruit. It can look different for everybody. But we have to produce fruit. 
I don't want to be a barren fig tree. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few, Jesus says. So I'm going to ask the question as we think about our hearts and our lives right now again, is what is the evidence in your life that you are bearing fruit? The fig tree showed promise but produced none. We're going to take some time right now as we wrap up today. Whether you're watching online, you can do this in your living room or wherever you're at. Don't do it while you're driving. Don't close your eyes, but you can do this where you're at. I want us to spend some alone time with the Lord. We're going to play this song, and and all, all it says is nothing else. Jesus, all I want is you. Nothing else. Nothing else. I don't know the words, but it basically says nothing else a lot. I just want you, Jesus. Then there goes into a part where I do start crying if I'm by myself and no one's watching. It says, I'm sorry for what I've done this and this and this. I'm sorry. This time right now is for us to be personal, us and the Lord. You wanna come down front to be by yourself, come down front. Whatever you feel led to do this morning, this is your time to respond. As listen, Jesus is more concerned about your walk than your talk. You can have all the right answers. You can look like you're producing fruit, the good Christian, have the Jesus uh, fish on your car and whatever, right? But listen, when you search, who you are behind closed doors is who you really are. Who are you behind closed doors? He has more in store for you. He wants to see mountains moved. We have to allow them to flow through us. It's not just about worship and growing, it's about going and being the light of this world. So right now as we sing this song, take this time to reflect and ask the Lord to show you the things. Maybe for somebody this morning, I'm feeling like somebody this morning, I'm about to cry. It's holding on to something from somebody who's no longer here. Somebody is holding on to a grudge from somebody who's gone, passed away, a loved one, a family member, they haven't let go. I don't know if you're watching online, if that's you this morning, but if you're holding on to something from somebody who's no longer here, listen, he wants to bring freedom to your life. We have to let it go. Don't hold a grudge. Ask for forgiveness. Ask for restoration. And those things you've been praying for, those answers you've been wanting, let's see them come to be. So use this time as you see fit to spend time with the Father this morning. Jesus, you don't owe me anything more than anything
of mine used to do and I would never do it because I was that kid that was too cool to do something with my hands or whatever so I'd hold him to the chair in front of me whenever he was praying about surrender or giving something up or letting go of something he'd always say most people want to let go of something like this right and release it to heaven and so you release it to take it to heaven Lord Lord take this have this but he would always say that the, the problem with that is when you let go of something like this, guess what? I can grab back a hold of it, right? <laughs> so he had everybody hold their hands out. And so this morning, I want you just to hold your hands out wherever you're at. And I don't know what the Lord has been working on your heart or what he's been speaking to you this morning, what you need to let go of, what you need to receive this morning. Maybe it's forgiveness. Maybe it's busyness. Maybe it's worry. Maybe it's your faith. Man, maybe one time you were a mountain-moving faith kind of person in here lately because the, the, the way the world is and all the things around us. Man, I don't know where my faith is, Lord. He wants to restore that this morning. So whatever it is this morning that you want to give to him, that white-haired pastor used to say, palms down. Give it to him, palms down. 
Because when we give something to God, it palms down. I can't pick it back up, can I? It's gone. It's let go. So this morning, let's just act like whatever you want to give the Lord, just let him have it, palms down. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for meeting us here in this place. God, thank you for, for teaching us and showing us. Thanks for the amazing worship, glorifying how awesome and how amazing you are. God, thank you for your love. Thank you for the, the gift of your son, Jesus. Thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit who met us here, who's living, who's moving, who's still at work. God, you're the same today as you were yesterday, and you'll be the same tomorrow. You are, you were, and you're gonna come. And God, we, 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 we claim that this morning. We thank you, God. We give you our sins. We give you our grudges. We give you our worry. We give you our busyness. We give you our fear. We give you the lack of our faith, God. Restore us, make us new. Send us out this week as we go. God, use us in mighty ways. Use us in ways we never thought possible. Use us to expand your kingdom. But God, work on us first. We can't give something we don't have. And so God, plant seeds in our hearts and our minds and bring it to fruition. Bring the great harvest, God. We thank you. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, church. Yeah, give it up. Too. Give it up for the Lord. It's so good to be with you here this Sunday. I know some of you are super excited about today, but, 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 but go, and if you need prayer, more deeper prayer, uh, the prayer team will be available this morning. If you need uh, physical healings or restoration, or if you want to exceed, accept Jesus for the first time, if you want to go all in and surrender today and take those next steps, that team will be available down this morning. But go and be blessed this week, church, and who day? Read for those bangles, right? God bless you guys, you are dismissed.